Welcome to the Stewardship Leader Podcast, brought to you by the Christian Stewardship Network. CSN exists to encourage, teach, and connect church and stewardship leaders to help them create and lead healthy stewardship ministries in their church. You can learn more about CSN at christianstewardshipnetwork.com. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Stewardship Leader. I'm your host, Leo Sabo. And on today's episode, I'm excited to bring Brandon Seibin back. He is Compass Finances God's Way president and CEO. And uh, he was with us just last year and talked about some of the great things that Compass has been doing. And so I thought it'd be a great idea to bring him back for several reasons. One is because he's going to be one of our main speakers at the forum, which I hope that you've already registered. If you haven't, please do that. Uh, We're going to have a great group of speakers, and Brandon will be one of those. So I'm excited about what he's going to talk about in that. Uh, Brandon and I have been staying connected over the last year, really meeting on on a monthly basis. And so much of our ministries really connect to the heart of of finances and discipleship and uh, I thought it would be a great idea to have Brandon come on, talk about some of the things that they're doing, a recent resource they just released, which I'm excited about. So Brandon, thank you so much for taking the time. I'm excited uh, that you're with us today. Hey, thanks, Leo, and appreciate you having me, and just uh, excited and and grateful for all you guys are doing at CSN and excited about your forum coming up as well. Awesome. Well, thank you, Brandon. So Brandon, you and I talked quite a bit about financial discipleship over the last six to nine months. Can you explain for our listeners what exactly is financial discipleship and how is it similar to or different from stewardship? Well, financial discipleship is really finances God's way applied to Matthew 4.19 and the Great Commission. You know, in Matthew 4.19, Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And in the Great Commission, Jesus said, go and make disciples. So Jesus had a clear purpose in the beginning and in the end that discipleship was going to be a priority for for him and for the disciples. So financial discipleship really means following Jesus and how we handle money and possessions, uh, being a faithful steward, and then equipping others to do the same. And I, I know I'd say relative to stewardship, stewardship is included in financial discipleship. So they're related in that way. And stewardship is really about being faithful and modeling finances God's way. And that's based off of 1 Corinthians 4, 2. So that's really step one. And step two is, is all about being an obedient uh, disciple maker and paying it forward, making other financial disciples. Uh, and that's really based off of 1 Timothy 6. Uh, or said another way, you know, you know, stewards manage money God's way and disciples multiply money God's way. And those two together are what financial discipleship is. And the other thing I'd say, Leo, is financial discipleship is really intended to be a lifelong journey uh, versus uh, stewardship, which in many cases has sort of become a program. And so that's uh, the way I, I talk about this is financial discipleship in a lot of ways is the next step for someone who has been a good, faithful steward managing money and possessions God's way. Yeah, I love the way you put that because it's not different than stewardship in the sense of the responsibility for all of us to manage money God's way, but being a financial disciple means that you're also a disciple maker. Uh, So it's not just you managing things God's way and and being a faithful steward, 
but it's going beyond that and actually making it a point to be engaged in being a disciple. And a disciple is not just a disciple for himself, uh, is, is someone that's going to continue to develop others to be uh, a faithful disciple. So uh, that's, that's an excellent way to, to describe that. Exactly. So, so what are some of the key scriptures that you would point to uh, on financial discipleship? I think it's a good idea for us to touch on some of these to give our pastors and stewardship leaders insight into what the Bible actually says about this topic and why it matters so much for us Christians. There are a lot. So if you give me a little runway, I may yeah, take go for it. Go for it. a few minutes to answer this one. I mean, you know there are 2,350 verses in total on money and possessions in the Bible. Right. I won't hit them all, but I will try to boil it down maybe to the top dozen or so that I think I really capture the essence of what financial discipleship is, does, and means. So we, we talked about Matthew 4, 19 and the Great Commission, and you know those are clear instructions from Jesus on discipling others. I think First Chronicles 29, 11 through 12, and Matthew 6, 24 are great passages about ownership and choice. And when we get over these two hurdles, I think the whole purpose of of money becomes clear, which is to serve others and glorify God. Uh, another place I think I, I'd suggest pastors go is the book of Haggai. It's just two, two chapters, but it's a, a great book to study. You know, these guys for 16 years pursued personal prosperity instead of serving others and God and building God's house. And you know, was it going well for them? And fortunately, they got it turned around. First uh, Corinthians 12, 12 through 31, which is the section of scripture where that's called one body, many parts where Paul talks about a system of discipleship. You know, we're all in this together, working in harmony, sharing the best of each other with each other. And I love how he ends uh, that section of scripture in verse 31, where he says, now eagerly desire the greater gifts. And, you know, so what are the greater gifts? And, and I think there's three maybe I would mention relative to financial discipleship. The first would be in Matthew 25, 14 through 21. And, you know, the, the, that gift is going to be affirmation from Jesus when he says, well done, good and faithful servant. But what I'd point to is a lot of people internalize that as I hear well done, good and faithful servant, where, where I think the story is really about multiplication. The master was pleased when the servant multiplied five to 10, two to four, and he was not pleased with Mr. Do Nothing right. in that piece of scripture. Uh, I think John 15 is another great place, you know, what is true fruit and how does discipleship glorify God? And, and then there's some contrast too, I would say. One, one example that I would give is, is the contrast between 1 Timothy 6, the whole chapter, and how that encourages financial discipleship and the pursuit of eternal outcomes versus maybe James 5, 1 through 3 or Luke 12, 13 through 21. So in James 5, 1 through 3, you know, it actually says our stuff's going to get up and testify against us mm. at the day of judgment. So I think these are, First Timothy 6 is a great anchor passage, and I think there's a lot of good accountability a scripture that talks about the, the don'ts as well as the do's to financial discipleship. So, you know, the bottom line, I'd say that it's all over the Bible, it talks about the importance of discipleship and the importance of transitioning from self to others in Christ. And it's really no different in the area of money, as some of these passages indicate. And that's really, you know, the, the broad brush on the financial discipleship, you know, topic and how it, you know, applies to scripture. It's follow Jesus first and then go make disciples second. Yeah, that's a, I mean, it's such an important distinction because it's so easy 
and certainly in our our space of financial stewardship and helping people to you know start the journey from hey we're not managing money well we have no clue on how to do it we don't have the financial literacy let alone the biblical knowledge uh, of the principles that God has given us to manage money his way so we start people there we help them understand the biblical principles we walk through the practical journey of of getting out of debt of living within their means and, and eventually kind of flipping that around and and hopefully at some point down the journey they can begin to actually invest you know the the multiplication uh, part of scripture is not something that's just for a few it really is for every disciple and that really is the desire i think has been i know it has been for me and for those that i have been associated with through the csn network that that's been our desire to help people to grow in their personal stewardship but you're right i think it's easy to just say, well, I am doing that, and maybe I'm teaching a few others to do that, but is it really a focus? And, you know, is it really a focus to become a financial disciple, to actually help people to grow as you have grown and challenge them as you have been challenged? So um, so we've been doing stewardship in the church for a long time, uh, at least those of us who are listening to this podcast and those that are in this space. So why financial discipleship, and why now? And uh, let me ask this question. Are you suggesting we stop focusing on stewardship. Let's clarify that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, no, not suggesting we stop focusing on stewardship, and I'll, I'll head on that in a second. But why now, I'd say, is because it's the next step. It, after stewardship, it's the next step. You know, stewardship requires faithfulness, and faithfulness requires obedience. And I believe that means we need to embrace our responsibility to make disciples. And something you just said was spot on, which is financial discipleship is, is not telling people how to invest money. It's, it's helping people make an investment in people so that they can use money as a means to get closer to Christ. So uh, it's, it's very different than just sort of moving the coconuts around on a budget. And, and why now? It just, you know, if you look at what's going on around the U.S., on in the U.S. and around the world, I mean, we, we have to get the focus from self and on to others. And, oh, yeah. and I think oh, that's yeah. what financial discipleship aims to do. And that's really why now. I think if we can energize a movement around discipling others and impacting others for, for God's glory, Christians can really make a difference around the world. And, and right now, and especially in this area of money, I mean, everybody needs a Paul. Everybody needs a Timothy every day for all life. And so financial discipleship says, you know, get your own financial situation in order, that's stewardship, and then go help somebody else. You know, pay it forward, teach others, you know, don't just learn and apply, you know, get, get going on the multiplication of finances God's way for the kingdom, which mm -hmm. includes the investment in people, as I said. Uh, but no, stewardship's not going away. It's here to stay. It's step one, vitally important. And mm -hmm. it's a key component of financial discipleship. We just need to, to help the, the body of Christ evolve to the next step. And there are a lot of people, uh, I'm sure a lot of your pastors and your whole ministry and, and, a, and a lot of folks that have uh, been on stewardship for, for 5, 10, 20 years, they're already doing this. They, they, their, whole, their whole life is about paying it forward. And so uh, this isn't like we're starting from zero. This is really, okay, how do we get the entire global Christian community behind 
stewardship plus discipling others. And when we can do that, I mean, we can really unleash uh, an incredibly positive impact that's going to benefit the kingdom. And we have the ability to change the economics of the kingdom uh, of the world for the kingdom, which is really exciting and needed right now more than anything, where everybody appears to be kind of getting in their corner. It's you versus me. Uh, we can't sort of get along. There's a lot of conflict. Uh, this, this, I think, is something Christians have always excelled in. We're going to step over the line. We're going to stand in the gap. We're going to be part of the solution. And I think this is a way to do that. Well, I'll tell you what, what I'm inspired by is that, yes, we have been focused on stewardship, and that's important. Like you said, it's step one and not something we need to stop doing. But financial discipleship, and you and I have talked about this whole the terminology and how important language is, especially as it comes to, to this particular topic, because we are in a very unique time in history. Uh, we have more comfort than ever before. People are less and less likely to uh, accept something that may be a little bit harsh at the beginning to hear. You know, we're, we're just very, you know, the whole notion of being politically correct and some of the preaching, unfortunately, that's happened is, is, is more out of, hey, I don't want to upset anyone, rather than I'm just going to preach the word, and if it offends people, then that's fine, because that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to offend people who are living in a, in a way that they shouldn't, or somebody that's not committed to the Lord. But it's a difficult season for that. You know, language is important, and, and we're being scrutinized more than ever, all of us, across every denomination, across every, uh, you know, whether you're a male, female, black, white, it doesn't matter. And stewardship has had, unfortunately, because of its history and how it's used in our culture, has had certain connotations and understandings and perceptions that hasn't all been positive. And I know this is something that I fought early on when I got into the ministry full-time, is helping uh, or trying to help my pastor understand that I wasn't talking about money in itself, that it wasn't really the money that was the focus. And he thought it was just a money thing. Oh, you, you just help somebody that needs to get out of debt, or you're working with people who you know need financial assistance, and if you work with them, maybe they'll stop asking the church for money. And it wasn't that, but that was his contact. When he heard the word stewardship, that's what he thought. But talking about financial discipleship is really broadening the topic to the point where I think, and just because it is discipleship, I don't know any pastor that's going to argue against that, because <laughs> it's part of the Great Commission, and that's not going to change. So I think it's a it's a better term and more inclusive term for what we do and what we hope uh, we can influence uh, the body of Christ in. So how does financial discipleship connect then to Compass and your long-term vision? Well, it's, you know, we're all in, I would say, on financial mm -hmm. discipleship. It's, it's a long-term strategy for the ministry. You know, we, we just released this book on the topic. We have many things in the works to help support the church and pastors on financial discipleship. Like you just said, I think, you know, th that stewardship term is, has just been connected to money and that we've just been put in the corner and the pastor doesn't understand how it connects to his or her overall vision and strategy. I think everybody can agree discipleship is biblical and it's fundamental. And so I think for us, we're excited to be able to support the church in a, in a bigger way as, as, a, as a player that would contribute to a pastor's long-term discipleship strategy, money being one component of that. Mm -hmm. You know, I think financial discipleship is what we've been doing. Uh, I mean, it's what Howard has been doing for 40 years, and it's what uh, Compass has been doing since we started in 2010. So it's very consistent with our vision mission, core values. Like you said, some of its terminology 
uh, a, a lot of it is going to become consistent though with how how we're making choices in the ministry the things that we prioritize and i'd say the biggest the biggest impact to our ministry is is we're, we're just going to really amplify the importance of focusing on others and the, the importance of disciple making as as a next step to following jesus as a, as a faithful faithful steward and so that's uh, that's really the big thing we're going to really shine the light on that and i think it's worth mentioning too we're not pastors we're not a church you know, we exist to help pastors implement financial discipleship. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's really what, what we have an interest in is, you know, if a pastor has a heart for discipleship or a focus on discipleship, if, if a pastor is already doing stewardship, if a stewardship pastor has been commissioned to help the congregation learn and apply what God says about money, you know, this is a, a, this is a perfect fit for, uh, uh, for us. And it's a, it's a perfect opportunity for a partnership between you know, Compass Finances, God's Way, and that church. Yeah. One of the biggest challenges for us in this space has been the the balance between stewardship and generosity. And what I really love about both the, the content you guys just produced, this book, Financial Discipleship, Investing in Eternity, is that it, it marries these two and brings more clarity. Because, you know, some of the things that I have seen over the last, especially the last couple of years, has been kind of a move, you and I have talked about this, that there's a move toward changing terminology more to generosity. So, you know, generosity ministry, generosity initiative, generosity this and that, and there's nothing wrong with it. None of us are against generosity. In fact, the ultimate goal is that we would be generous and invest, right? I mean, generosity and investing kind of go hand in hand when you're putting your resources, your time, talent, and treasure into the kingdom and into God's people. But when you when you take generosity and stewardship, Again, there's these are loaded terms, and if you focus on one or the other, there's a misconception of well, what are you really about? Are you about just giving, or are you? Because those that are about stewardship say, well, if you just talk about generosity, then then people won't be good stewards. They'll give, but then they'll stop giving because they won't be able to because they're not managing the money well. And if you're talking to the stewardship folks, they're saying, well, they need to get their budget in place so they can give eventually, but they're not really focusing on generosity as a primary step. You know, it's kind of a journey. So. What I love about the resource and also what you guys are focusing on is not that you're talking about something different, but you're bringing clarity to the fullness of what this is about, which is discipleship. And we've never, I don't think anybody intentionally moved away from discipleship. We, I've always felt like what we were teaching and what we were doing in our stewardship ministries was discipleship. It was just one aspect of discipleship, uh, at least in, a, in the church I was part of, that, that was the truth. So. Yeah, and you make some you make really good points on generosity, and I, I think you know we view these things as interdependent. So I think it's important that we talk about them as interdependent, not independent or dependent. They sort of all connect together. So yeah. just like stewardship is a part of financial discipleship, generosity is a part of, the, of financial discipleship as well. I mean, in fact, we believe I believe strongly that generosity is an outcome of discipleship. Mm. I, I, don't, I don't think you can do generosity well before you are doing discipleship well. Just like I don't think you can do finances God's way before you're zero and, a, and Jesus is a hundred, before you have humility uh, in your heart. And so mm. I, I think it's a, it is a process, a progression, but I do think all these things together fall inside of or under financial discipleship as a, as a broader, you know, strategic, topic for us to to go after and support the church on 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. So I know that from the the focus you guys have and what you're doing, like you said, Howard has been doing this for 40 years. That focus hasn't changed. I do like that that you're bringing more clarity to how you're going to do that in the season. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, but there are a lot of ministries out there. I'll say a number of ministries, maybe not a lot. Maybe we should have more. We certainly need more. But there are a number of ministries out there in, in this space teaching about God and money and, and how to how to manage it God's way. So how are you guys, uh, and especially financial discipleship in this realm, how are you different from them? And we know they have their uses. So it's not it's not about a comparison or saying one's not useful, one is. But bring that distinction so we can understand how Compass can come alongside a church, a pastor, and help help them in this journey. You're you're right, Leo. I mean, there are a lot of great ministries, and there's there's a lot of great work that's being done in this space. So you know, hats off to everyone that's you know teaching and training and supporting you know others in this area of God and money. Yeah, you know, I'd say for for us, you know, we're we're just regular Christians trying to serve other regular Christians. You know, we we want to build on the legacy created by the founders in this space, guys like Larry Burkett, Howard Dayton, Ron Blue, you know, we're not a business. We're a nonprofit Christian ministry. We don't care about social media likes. You know, we're not financial advisors or financial gurus. You know, we're here to teach the word of God and what it says about money. Mm-hmm. And that's all we do, you know, no more, no, no, no less. And I think what makes us different is that we actually function as a financial discipleship ministry. I mean, we, we, we have hooked our wagon to Matthew 419 and the Great Commission and 1 Timothy 6. And as it pertains to finances God's way, we want to help people learn it, do it, and then replicate it in others. And so, you know, overall, it's not really our goal to help people manage money as a means to accumulate wealth. Now, our goal is to help people understand God's purpose for money and then use it as a means to grow closer to Christ. And, you know, I, I think that's, uh, at least for us in our ministry and what we're trying to accomplish, I, I'd say that's probably the most differentiating element of what we're trying to do is how, how do we get, how do we help people grow closer to Christ uh, through understanding, applying, and, and then replicating what God says about money. How do we stay true to the Bible, stay true to Christ and help people on this journey, lifelong journey uh, from stewardship to disciple making and, and really invest the, the time in, in life transformation. I think that's the other thing that we're headed towards is, you know, the, the challenge, it's like Jesus, you know, he took three years with his disciples and, you know, only 11 to 12, made it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and we've kind of taken the stewardship bucket or the space, you know, finances God's way in 2,400 verses, which is twice of twice as much as the Bible said about love or money combined. And we've jammed it into a weekend seminar or a six week, you know, Bible study. And, you know, you know, I'm not Jesus, you're not Jesus and I'm not Peter. And, you know, so, I mean, why would we think we can do discipleship in less time than Jesus did. Yeah. And so that, that's really the other thing that I, I think is going to differentiate us over time is we, we really want to help the church play the long game. We really want to help, you know, the congregants, the pastors play the long game, focus on the eternal outcomes and implement a, a process, a long-term lifelong process that can be sustained and repl- replicated 
uh, to, to many, many, many people. And so I, that's a little bit of a long answer to your question, but I think that's really, uh, that's really how I would say, you know, we're different in the space and, and what makes financial discipleship different as a, as a process and as a priority. Yeah. So here's, here's what I want to kind of emphasize from what you said is the difference is it's a small shift, but it's an important shift that we're not just starting people down a path to do all of the financial things that we talk about that are important, but that you really are, uh, the way, the kind of the way I envision Brandon is like he's starting on a journey and you're at a crossroads and you can either take a left or a right. The right is the right road. The left will take you down a path and it's not a bad path, but it will not take you to the ultimate goal. And the further you go on it, potentially the further away from the actual goal you are. And there's a danger to just educating people in how to manage money, even if it's done from a biblical perspective, right? We can look at scripture and say, you know, God says we should be wise. We should seek counsel. We should not take on debt. We can talk about all these things. And outside of the context of discipleship, these are good things. God's not going to look at us and say, you did the wrong thing. But if we take all of those things and do all of these things based on God's principles, and we see the financial benefit and the blessing that comes from that, but yet we're not focused on discipleship. I think that's where the problem comes in, because now we can get to the place where it becomes about bigger barns. We've done a good job, we've been rewarded, and now it becomes about us rather than about God's kingdom. And that's a danger that, you know, Israel had to fight over and over and over again. They kept on, God kept blessing them. And as soon as they were wealthy and, and well-resourced, they forgot about God and turned to idols. And we sometimes forget that we're no different than they are and that we can so easily slip. So focusing on the fact that we are disciples, it brings us back to, hey, we are given one life and that life is not to live it our way, but it's to live it his way. We're followers of Christ, not leading Christ. Um, and that's really a, a huge distinction in educating and discipling people in this area is that it is a constant submission, a constant humility that it's not mine, it's the Lord's and I'm doing it his way. And that leads me down the path then to become not only a disciple myself, but to disciple others, because that's the natural step that we need to take. We don't do it for ourselves, we do it for God's glory, which means that we really spread the word to every single person we can. That, that's so true, you know, and, and you know, said another way, you know, unless our teaching, and by our teaching, I mean everybody that's teaching on the topic of God and money, finances, God's way, unless, unless our teaching translates to multiplication and spiritual reproduction and reinvention and humility and, and ultimately helps people uh, transform their life uh, to the place where they're in the center of God's will, in step with the Spirit, completely submitted, uh, following Jesus Christ every day for God's glory, we failed. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, that, that is the, that's the end game. That's the, the outcome. And so I think that's, it's so important what you said, because, you know, this is a, that's the, that's the goal of life as Christians mm -hmm. is, you know, accept Christ and then help other people accept Christ. So, you know, it's just a different flavor, but I think that's, uh, that's why I'm so passionate about the discipleship part and financial discipleship, because I, I do think that the world more than ever right now, and Christ is counting on us, needs needs us to go on offense, as we've talked about, relative to, you know, others and reproduction and multiplication and reinvention and humility and these topics that, you know, lead to life transformation. And yeah. 
can save the world. Yeah, it just and also brings to mind Mark Fort, right? It's the difference between the third and the fourth seed. Uh, the third seed accepted the word. The word began to sprout seed. It finally grew, but then it got choked out. And the difference between the third and fourth is that the third didn't produce fruit. It was choked out, while the fourth produced 30, 60, 100-fold. And I think that's that's such a huge imp- uh, distinction and important aspect to, to consider that if we're just educating people in the area of stewardship and finances, we may actually lead them to the point where they're well off financially, but they also at the same time could walk away from the church, walk away from the Lord, and never actually have a fruitful life. And fruitfulness, at least in God's kingdom, that means that you're doing God's will, God's way. And so discipleship and, and investing in other, investing in God, bringing other people to the Lord is absolutely part of that. It's the Great Commission. We can't get away from that. And uh, that's such an important important aspect of it. So it just reminded me of that difference. We could look on the outside like everything's fine, but if we're not producing fruit, um, then we missed it. Yeah, Mark 4, nailed it. Exactly. There's another great passage. So let me, let's let's end with one more question for you. So what can pastors and stewardship leaders listening to this podcast do now to get started? What would you recommend they, they, they take as a next step? Three things, I would say. First, pray. You know, I think that's, that's the first thing always is, you know, how would God have you incorporate financial discipleship into, into your church's discipleship program? I mean, certainly they can talk to you guys because you're on this track as well. Wheel and you know if your church or, or if you as a pastor have a heart for discipleship, that this would be a first great step is incorporate begin to think about how you can incorporate it incorporate it into your church vision, mm-hmm. strategy, discipleship program. Second thing I would say is you know get our new book and we're going to make a free copy available to all of you that are going to be attending the CSN forum mm-hmm. coming up here in a couple of weeks. So hope you'll take advantage of that. Uh, you can get that on the compass1.org store or on Amazon be sure to, to get the U.S. edition. And so that'd be the second thing to learn more about what discipleship is, what financial discipleship is, what Jesus teaches us in these parables. 40% of everything he said was on money as a, as a subject to communicate a kingdom perspective. And then how do you implement a financial discipleship journey? These are the four sections of that book. And then the third thing it, I'd say is, you know, have them reach out to you, Leo, or reach out to us. If we can help uh, you build a plan, you know, uh, around how you might get started. And mm-hmm. I think that's, you know, a really important step. You don't have to boil the ocean, but maybe there's, there's one step we can all take together. You, CSN, Encompass Finances God's Way, together in concert, working, working towards, uh, the, you know, the next steps in this area. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, thank you so much. I love your passion. I, I love that you're in this space, by the way. I know you came on about the same time I came on uh, as president of CSN, and uh, you and I have been kind of kindred spirits. I know that we have a, a, a similar, obviously a, a similar desire, which is to to help people understand God's finances, to live as disciples of Jesus, and then to to share that with everyone. So, uh, so appreciate your your time today, but also just your heart and your passion for this. I'm really looking forward to you, uh, to your um, main session at the forum. Again, for those of you that are listening, if you have not registered, this is a, an event you don't want to miss because this is where the most experienced stewardship leaders will hang out. And uh, if you want to be part of our community, we'd love to uh, to share some of the resources we have and just our experience and knowledge. Uh, we've been doing this a long time. We've skinned our knees, fell in the trenches, had to get up and, and dust ourselves off and start over again. So we've learned a lot of things that, that might help 
you as you embrace in this journey, if God's calling you to be part of this. And if you're a Christian, then God's calling you to do it, right? We just covered that today. You're a financial discipleship, and you're a disciple, so uh, so we'd love to have you connect with us and let us know how we might serve you in that way. Brandon, thanks again for being part of this. I appreciate you, my friend. Thanks, Leo. Appreciate you having me. Love you, brother. Love you Let's too. go big for Christ. Sounds good. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode. I hope it was helpful to you, and I hope you'll share it with someone that also could benefit from this great content. If you want to learn more about Compass, you can go to compass1.org. That's compass, the number one, dot O-R-G, where you're going to find some great resources, including this book, Financial Discipleship, Investing in Eternity, that they just released. And if you want to learn more about CSN, you can go to christianstewardshipnetwork.com, where you can find more content and resources that we've developed specifically with you in mind. Well, thanks again for joining me, and I look forward to seeing you next time on Stewardship Leader. Stewardship Leader.